Welcome back, everybody, to the Roll Blob Podcast, where today we're going to talk about Adam Bomb's dome, sweatshirts, and electric bills. So stay tuned. Roblob listeners, a massive treat, piggybacking as always, the Roblob podcast with Adam Baum in the building. What is good, my man? Gentlemen, like I said when I joined this call, it's been too long. It feels good to be back. Um, I miss you guys. You know, the Twitter is great, but it's it's another thing to be here on the same computer screen with you guys. It's just, it's a real treat, you know? Welcome home. Nothing says home like dump truck wall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think that many people uh, can confirm that many people being like six, they, they there's just no warmer feeling when you, unless you have dump trucks behind you just staring you down while you talk to people on the internet. And Andy's speedo slash pair of underwear that hasn't moved for the last six months. In the six years. <laughs> six <laughs> years. Wow. Is that is that how long the drought is? <laughs> uh, it's ha- it's halfway through the drought i try i, I try okay. to i hung him up there try to like you know get some different vibes if you're going through a slump you try to you get some new rituals i tried that right it hadn't worked it's all so w- w- when the slump's over are you burning it an effigy and, and uh w- w- when the slump finally ends i'll set them on fire and have a big <laughs> memorial Real quick, Bob, yeah. what do you think about UC stealing Andy's swag and wallpapering the Big 12 into existence? I mean, it, do you get any, like, uh, loyalty rights off that? Do you get, like, uh, a cut of that check, Andy? I, well, that was actually in talks. And then they, like, so UC approached me, like, hey, I'm, we're sorry that we um, – we were sorry that we stole your, like, whole brand of the whole wallpaper thing. But then we saw about – four straight of your tweets shitting on us, then we're no longer sorry. <laughs> so, so it goes. And then, Bomb, obviously, how many PS5s have you bought from, from Trayvon? I mean, I'm running out of room, like, <laughs> to store them. Um, but I just think, like, what what a, a quality move by Trayvon to just, you know, he's got this burgeoning basketball career, and he really just pivoted um, into the, the electronic sales department. So – I think it's cool. I, I would love to write a feature about this endeavor. Um, I think a lot of Xavier fans would get a kick out of it, but uh, it has to be one of the weirdest things going right now on the internet because it's like, I, I don't know what's going on because sometimes I see tweets from Trey's account where I'm like, he still has some sort of control of his account. I think still- it's actually, I think it's actually just really, really good hacking. I think they're sending like one or two tweets that he would say just to throw you off the scent. Yeah, like they know the hashtag still. I'm kind of being serious. I th- you it, that has to be it because, I mean, I it's it's like it's one, a tweet here and there that makes you think that hey, that might really still be Trey, and then it's Dude. like 
a thousand tweets about PlayStation. <laughs> the hacking's gonna get right, but like, there's one out of a thousand though. Hashtag still like, all right, Chase, Chase did. Yeah. But it's <laughs> like something that's like so simple enough to where, but yeah. Xavier fans know what it is. We're like. Oh, he's actually back. Thank God Trey's back. Blink twice if you're okay, Trayvon. But, like, you know those tweets that are, like, what would you tweet if you, like, needed help or whatever, but, like, you didn't want to, like, be honest about it? I wonder what Trey's would be. It would be the opposite of still. It'd be, like, I don't know. Not hashtag no longer, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Shit, Trey's in trouble. Uh, Personally, I'm kind of just glad he's taking advantage of the NIL with this PlayStation sponsorship. That's a great point. You know, I think had this situation arose when he was still at Xavier, um, man, what a storyline that would have been, you know? <laughs> we would have been covering that wall-to-wall, dude. <laughs> With all the papers. Um, love to see it. Bomb, the classic example of buying stock early all over the Bengals beat. Imagine a downgrade from Bengals on Football Sunday, Roll Blob Podcast, Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> but classic nosedives. I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? So we did crack up laughing when we got the notification today that you were on the Musketeer Report podcast. <laughs> and I will say, we had our appointment scheduled first, I, I do think. Yes. We, de- yes. we definitely weren't trying to piggyback, but that's how it goes. We actually do use our brains every once in a while. So if you do get an obvious question that you answer just toe-to-toe, please feel free to say pass. And Rick Rowan, if you're listening to this, stolen swag alert. So, Bomb, have you seen the new scoreboard? Is it hard to miss? I have. It's very hard to miss. And – I, what I will say is that I wish that there it, – it's obviously impossible. There's no way they could do it. I would have loved to have seen, like, a side-by-side where you could have somehow raised the new one up while the old one was still there just to just to get, like, a frame of reference because it, it feels to me like this new video board just – it gives a whole new vibe to CentOS. It's like it demands your attention, dude. It's, it's sick. What is more – what's harder to notice, new scoreboard or Adam Bomb's dome? You know the answer. Rhetorical <laughs> <laughs> question. Yeah. Had, had to give you a softball. No, my, so, my favorite thing is like, is like when I'm in a room with really bright lighting overhead, the, the top of my head catches it in such a way that I think people are just drawn to me. And I kind of like that, you know. <laughs> Like a gleam of light spotlight. I love it. Yeah. So actually, this is no BS. Coop did tweet at Mario Mercurio, and Mario promised Coop that he could have the old scoreboard. Now we've yet to redeem that. that, but if you could if you see Mario walking around Cintas, we're we're look, we got a truck. We're ready to we're ready, ready to back that. Well, one up. singular truck. We we have a <laughs> we have a Honda right. Ridge line, we're ready to go. And now Coop, like where where does this thing is it gonna live <laughs> once you do take it off the property? Well, what I was thinking is I'm due for a new roof anytime now. I was just going to go ahead and have that removed and put like, have one of those uh, like a helicopter or something like kind of airlift it into my living room with like open, open roof type of place and the scoreboard. Like I figure I could like watch TV on it, figure something out, watch some Ted Lasso. I yes. argued that we talked to an electrician, hollow that bad boy out. Obviously keep the wiring intact. We want to keep it working, obviously. But yeah. just live in it. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I was going to put it on Airbnb as well. Right. You're going to be the Who most popular guy in the your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no homeowners association in Milford. oh shit we're horrible for the day i'm typically a pretty simple guy i'm not really big in like the home decor but i feel like 
Coop would Nonsense. throw something. What do you mean? You, dude? You're you an icon. You say that. You're Mr. Home Decor. <laughs> You're walking Ikea. I, I, tr- I try to stay humble, guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate the humility. <laughs> but I, I truly feel like with that scoreboard, Coop would throw the best Super Bowl party. Like, you have so much room to move around in that living room and the biggest screen possible. Dude, you know what would happen, though? If I was throwing a Super Bowl party and I had the old CentOS Center scoreboard and there's four huge screens, it'd be Super Bowl Sunday and it'd be like Spectrum icon floating around the screen that says not available. That's what would happen, inevitably. <laughs> it's got to be and useful for two things. I will actually talk basketball. Either a Super Smash Bros. or Mario Kart party, or two, watching the DVD logo go right into the corner. Oh, awesome. yes. Could you imagine on that bad boy? No, but if if that did happen, I feel like your your electric bill would be absolutely bonkers, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's gotta take a lot of juice to get that thing going. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. I might have to change my plans. I don't know if I want it anymore, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't back out of the deal. You'll get a bad review on eBay. You can keep <laughs> that's it. true. You can keep it. And just have it as like a house ornament and not not plug it in or turn it on. You know, it's like it's there for a talking piece, you know, conversation. Yeah. And what, what I'm curious about at halftime, you can like send your message to the scoreboard. You text the number and like go X you then your message. Yeah. I've probably had 30 or 40 messages get rejected. Now's my time to finally get it onto the scoreboard. Just have it scroll all of your old decks that got rejected. Like, yeah, I was just trying to alert the crowd that Epstein didn't kill himself, and <laughs> then I was not allowed to text the scoreboard anymore. That's what we need to do. We need to talk to like Tom Iser and just be able to get all the rejected ones to scroll on the bottom line. That's we'll only pay for like the one twentieth of the screen. You know, that's all we need. We'll talk to the electrician. I like that idea. That's a golden ticket idea right there. That is. Write that wow. down. Not bad. So we'll actually get to real basketball talk. Adam Baum, I don't know about you. I cannot sleep thinking about Xavier Niagara. I know. Can't it's, all, it's all I've been thinking about, really. I'm finding it hard to do anything else. Right. You know, Football it's Sunday, like, Bengals Steelers, like, man, it's Niagara game. No, it's just sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, I wonder what Niagara's working on right now. Right, you their man looks tough this year. Uh, I'll Probably keep looking gross. at their fans' uh, Twitter accounts for some live streams of their scrimmage that they didn't shut down. <laughs> God, we're letting that go. We're letting that go. And, but also, let's actually talk schedule here. I mean, we might as well talk basketball. We're already here. What do you think about the schedule this year? And is there buzz, I guess, inside the locker room? Is there, it might be, I think, from the fans, I'm sure you've probably seen. This schedule is loaded. This is as excited of a schedule as I've been in a long, long time. It's, it's very, very easy to get excited about this schedule because on one hand, I feel like they're going to get tested early. They're going to have some tough games early. And I think for this team, that's going to be a benefit. Um, and then you look at the Big East portion of it. And I know some Xavier fans were upset that like they didn't get bigger games on like Saturdays and Sundays and things like that. Um, I think Never that the Big East that. schedule – <laughs> I think the Big East schedule shook out pretty well for them, though. Like, yeah. um, you know, they don't have any crazy stretches that that look to be super, super challenging. But uh, the schedule in and of itself is like, I think it's probably the best schedule that they've had since I took over the beat. Um, this is going to be my fourth year. So I know that the the guys are excited. I've got the chance to talk to, to a few of them about the schedule. And it's like, 
how do you not get excited when Ohio State's coming down? Or, you know, you get to go play at Oklahoma State. There, there's some cool games on the schedule. So I think that's, that's something to be excited about in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I never envy you less than when the schedule comes out. I don't know if there's a, a worse time where Xavier entitlement shows than when the schedule comes out. It's like, I, I've never gotten into it like that. I feel like so many Xavier fans go crazy about it. It's like, we're going to play who we're going to play. Let's just win the games. You know what I mean? I, and it's, to me, it's like that a lot of them seem, seem to think that someone has it out for them or <laughs> um, there's like this <laughs> vendetta. And it's like the thing with scheduling is not no no one is going to be universally happy across the board. Someone from every fan base out there is going to be pissed off about something. And it's just, it is what it is, man. It's like, you can't make everyone happy. It's impossible. Yeah. I have heard there are over 360 division one basketball teams, but I don't know. I don't know. So to me, but the NCAA has a personal vendetta against Xavier. They hate us, us against the world. And the Gabby games committee. obviously. But like, no. but like, what kind of year do you get to bring home Villanova, UC, and Ohio State? Like, dude, that's quite that. the trifecta right there, dude. You literally can't beat that. Just buy season tickets and like, just sell a couple of those games, and you're making a profit. So do, you, do you do you guys have season tickets, or do you just kind of go whenever you can get your hands on some? Or I try to go as much as possible. We used to have season tickets as a family, um, but that uh, we gave them up. <laughs> That they just bring my... you after the wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Uh... Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I live in Lexington now, so I'll probably be able to go to like five to eight games or whatever. Um, but when okay. I move back home, yeah. I'll see tickets until I die, probably. Yeah, I'm already getting tickets to the Ohio State game. My, one of my best friends is an Ohio State fan, so we will be getting separate tickets, but going together. Um, so he'll go. be on uh, opposite bigger... sides of the of the arena. And the bigger that Cap gets, the less he needs season tickets. Like Cap's getting a lot of free ticket offers. I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but. Cap's, right? Cap's got some free beers, some free tickets to redeem. Just saying. You know, not to not to get off topic or sidetrack you, but you mentioned golden ticket idea earlier, and something just came to me, and I think it could potentially be a gold mine for the Roll Blob Pod. Um, what if you guys take that dump truck wallpaper and turn it into like T-shirts or hat or some sort of like merchandise opportunity? I feel like that might sell. I can tell you this right now. If you covered a nice clean hoodie with that dump truck wallpaper, I would buy one. That would be clean. That'd be clean. That's cheap. This yeah. is why we love that. And it would be like, yeah, I told you, man. <laughs> there's power up here. All right, we'll talk to so, us. I think we're looking at at least a 10% out of bomb cut. Oh, yeah. At least. At least. And, and, you know, we can talk about that, obviously. I mean, we got some. That would <laughs> really sell. All we need first is just listeners. And once we get those, like, we'll be golden. <laughs> <laughs> we're so close. <laughs> that's the only thing we're missing once you get there it's over um i love it that's actually genius and we're actually i'm gonna look into that right when we get off it's fucking genius sure. so where do you think xavier stands in the pecking order of the big east issue? i am actually working on a big east conference preview right now and one of the things that i did was well one of the things that they asked me to do was they wanted me to predict the uh, the order of finish in the conference. And honestly, I kind of hate doing that because yeah. no matter what I do, people are going to be like, uh, you know, you're a Xavier Homer or why do you have them so low, blah, blah, blah. So what I did was I went around throughout the conference and I asked all the other beat writers from throughout the Big East um, to send me their one through 11. And then I'm just going to average them out and use it that way. But I have them th- third 
in the Big East. I think that they can be that high. I also think that if everything goes well, I think that they could potentially play their way into that number two spot. But the consensus throughout the Big East from a media perspective, most people have them in the three to five range. Um, there was one beat writer who will remain anonymous, um, but I think some Xavier fans might be able to figure out who it is. Uh, this particular beat writer had them pretty low on the list. And I was just like, hmm, I don't they returned their top seven scorers. Um, they added two Big Ten transfers, and you got, got them that low. Like, um, so yeah, that's kind of the thing you run into sometimes when you do this stuff. Is like there are other teams in the Big East that that maybe don't like Xavier or they have something against them. So probably the people that, that made the schedule. <laughs> yeah, they're all in on it, Cube. <laughs> the whole it's the whole thing. Um, I love it. Is there anything in this doesn't have to be longer than maybe 30 seconds, anything in the big East that you have your eyes on maybe a team or, you know, someone that you think might surprise other teams, you know, any teams you got your eyes on maybe. I think one team that's going to be interesting is St. John's. I think that yeah. they, they, they have talent um, and they could be a team that certainly plays their way towards the top of that conference. I also, I think Butler's really interesting because like they return everyone yeah. and yeah, they, they weren't very good last year. But having stability throughout your lineup and experienced guys one through five, I think that could go a long way. UConn's kind of hard to – a lot of the Big East writers have them pretty high in the conference, and it's understandable because they've got really good recruits and guys like that. But they – you know, you lose your top guy, and it's like who's, who's kind of going to be the guy at UConn? So that's, that's yeah. what I'm looking for there. Um, Villanova's obviously just a juggernaut. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be tough to deal with this year. But the, the good thing about that is like, when you have a team that everyone knows is going to be a top five team nationally, that presents a really good opportunity to get a marquee win. If you can find a way to knock them off. So I think that's actually a positive for Xavier. Um, you find a way to win that game and your resume is going to look really good at the end of the year, if you can do that. But that's kind of my upper echelon. Yeah. Of, of the Big East, those guys. Is UConn kind of the consensus, too, right now, when you kind of look at, like, Villanova's obviously going to be number one. Is UConn kind of the consensus, too? Going into two the or three. Okay. Yeah, two or three. So kind of Xavier and UConn yeah. kind of interchanged a little yeah. bit. Love I did it. get one uh, one St. John's at two. I could see that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Villanova's been one across the board. And it's been, it's been kind of interesting to see – the bottom half um, yeah, because like a lot of people have Marquette and Creighton in there, which is kind of odd to see going into a season. Yeah. Um, you know, but when Georgetown, you lose a guy like Wojo, you're probably going to be pretty bad. Yeah. You're going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. you, how do you replace Wojo? It's impossible. Oh, losing Wojo fly. and Theo John, like time to blow up that Marquette program. This is going to be a weird year. <laughs> I just can't wait for Duke, North Carolina, Brady Manic versus Theo John. How about that? That's something we didn't be, think we'd see. That's going to be a banger. It's going to be a wild season. So let me go first. We'll go newcomers. Any newcomers standing out? I particularly like Jerome Hunter a lot. I think he is a very versatile piece that can bring a lot to the table. Anything from the newcomers that you think stands out, or has it kind of been kind of what we expected so far? I, From everything I've heard, Cesar Edwards has been yeah. really impressive. Um it's hard to get a sense of Jack Nunji at this point because he hasn't really done five on five kind of live bullets yet. 
and he probably won't until closer to the season. They're trying to really be cautious with his knee. Um, but yeah, I've also heard good things about Jerome Hunter. I've also heard that like Ben Stanley looks pretty good again. I know he's not technically a newcomer and that they're saying the same things about Deontay Miles. So I think that they're going to have options um, from some of these new guys. And it's particularly exciting for me around the basket, like the four and five spot, because you already mentioned, we already mentioned Jerome Hunter, like there's going to be competition at those spots for minutes off the bench, potentially, you know, that fifth starter spot. So um, these, this is going to be interesting. I know, you know, not to rub it in, but I found out today, I, I get to go to practice this week. So it's been a while for me. I get, I get to go watch. Um, I have to sit up high though in the, in the stands, but it, it'll be good to finally see them all on the floor and start to get a sense of what they really have. Cause I haven't gotten that yet. You know, yeah. how cool is it going to be to finally be there and not be like streaming, you know, streaming in or having to call coaches. Like, I think you got to do some in-person stuff, but how different is this season going to be for you personally? Well, you know, I don't know that we've ever really talked about this, but when I first got this Xavier job, I made up my mind pretty early on, like, I'm just going to be there. Like, the, at some point, they're going to have – if they don't want me there, they're going to have to remove me from the building. <laughs> so, uh, what I – I don't have to – even pre-pandemic, I didn't have to go into the office downtown to the Enquirer building. They just let me go up to Xavier every day, and I would sit in the media room, and I would do my work in the media room, and then when practice started – I'd walk out to the court and watch practice. So it was like the media room is right down the hallway from the weight room. It's not far from the men's basketball locker room. So it was like, and there's a big window right in front of it. So everyone who walks by can see me in there. And for what I do, I was like, I'm just going to be there all the time. I want these people to see me, to know that I care about this, to know that I want to be here and I want to know what's going on. And I think that that paid dividends in like, you know, building relationships and being able to interview people about sensitive stuff that maybe they're not fully comfortable talking about. So the pandemic kind of stole all that. And, you know, I can, I can tell you, I have, I've been in the same room with Juan Odom once I've been in the same, I have not even met Colby Jones yet. Or no, I met him once pre-pandemic on his visit. I took a picture of him at Cintas. But it's like, these are guys that that you're covering and you're asking questions to all the time. And some of them I haven't even met. I haven't met Adam Kunkel yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it's kind of weird to think about it from that perspective. So it, it'll kind of, it'll be good to be back in the building and and to be able to see people. And, you know, I'm excited, dude. I've been, I've been bored. I know. I, I love it. We're not far, man. What, five weeks now? It's not going to be much long at this point. So we talked newcomers. Let's talk returners. Um, I don't know if there's anything stands out. I feel like we know what we have in, in you know, Scruggs, Johnson, those kind of guys. It wouldn't surprise me if Scruggs still takes a crazy leap. I mean, just being that old. I guess I'm personally kind of interested in the freshman to sophomore jump. And I think I really was intrigued by this freshman class last year. Uh, what do you think of the newcomers? Anything you're hearing? I know Nate Johnson's got new legs. Um, what, what are you thinking about <laughs> Dan Dan? What do you think about some of the newcomers? Yeah. Um, or, I'm sorry, the returns. What do you mean with return? <laughs> Excuse me. The uh, the returners to me, it's it's really cool that they have that stability and that they have those guys back. Um, 
it's like you you know what you're getting in Paul Scruggs. Nate Johnson's finally healthy. Um, Fremantle, one of the things I'm looking for from him is I want to see a little bit of maturity from him. I, I think that we've talked about this in the past, and, and it's something that you can see in his game a little bit, but I think he has a tendency to, to take him out of it, take himself out of games mentally. Yeah. You know, calls don't go his way. Maybe he gets in a little bit of him over the course of the game. And I want to, is he going to grow up a little bit and maybe, uh, and maybe take that next step. So that's one of the things I'm looking for from him. Um, Colby Jones is, is probably the most intriguing person to me uh, in terms of the returners, because I love his game. Um, I think that last year, if anything, it gave him confidence to know that, Hey, I can play at this level. Like I'm a big East caliber player. And, if he added to his game in any way, that's going to be scary. Um, one of the things me and Rick talked about today was like this, this notion of a closer yeah. uh, of sort of having a guy at the end of the game who can take over and maybe win it for you when it's closer, or, or maybe keep, keep a distance between you and the opposition when you got a lead. I think that kind of might be in Colby Jones's DNA a little bit. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. I think, I think he's an all big East caliber player. I really do. I, I, when you got a guy who can do everything on the floor, you know, he can pass, he can score, he can dribble, he can handle the ball. Um, he can defend and re like when you can do it all, that's extremely beneficial. So I, I, I have really high hopes for Colby Jones with Dwan. I feel the same way. Um, one of the things I'm really curious about is, the knock against Juan has been his jump shot. And if you have a guy who has a noticeable weakness like that in his game and he commits in the off season to addressing it and trying to improve it, uh, number one, that says a lot about him that, that he knows like, Hey, I need to, I need to get this fixed. And I'm really eager to see what that jump shot looks like now. Cause I haven't seen it. And, uh, and if he can add that piece to the puzzle, man, He's just – he's a dynamic player who can change the game at both ends of the floor. And if he has a jump shot, look out, man. <laughs> I actually did rebound for Dewan Odom during some mup stuff for about 10 minutes. Jump oh. shot looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. Oh. I, don't, I don't want to big time out of bomb here. I know, I know I'm in uh, out of my realm here, but jumper looked, no, that's looked pretty cool. solid. That's cool. Looked pretty solid. Yeah. We're all definitely eager to see the improvements, and I think you guys might be eager to learn what I'm about to tell you. So, Bomb, I've been doing some extensive research. Um, we haven't released a podcast in probably, I don't know, two, three weeks. And the reason being is because I've been very studious and I've been working very hard to find out something that we've all really been wondering, just too afraid to ask the question. Who is the biggest, most eastest school? And what does that mean? So kind of like you did with other beat writers, you send it to all 11, say, give me your one through 11. I took it upon myself to give everyone a one through 11 in terms of how big the school is, meaning enrollment, and then how far east the school is um, geographically. So yeah. uh, if you're the biggest school, you get 11 points. The smallest gets one. The most farthest east geographically gets 11 points. The farthest west gets one point. So 
I will break down the data, and by the end of this segment, we'll know who the biggest, most eastest school is. So, the biggest school getting all 11 points is the University of Connecticut, also known as UConn. Uh, Vanderbilt football players also, if you didn't see the tweet, one of them in their group chat said, hey, I thought we played Connecticut this year. They said, uh, like, yeah, we do. He says it's not on the schedule for October 5th or whatever. And it, it says it says UConn. And then the other player said, bro, that's the same school. So University of UConn gets 11 points. They have about 27,000 students there. DePaul, big city, big school, 24,000 people. They get 10 points. Nine points goes to St. John's. Bigger city, smaller school. They have about 20,000. Eight points goes to Marquette, 11.3 there. Seven points goes to Villanova. They have just under 11,000 students enrolled. And then six points goes to Seton Hall, uh, just about 10,000 students there. And then five points is where Xavier comes in. Uh, roughly 7,000 uh, students per Google search. They're actually too short. So if two of us enroll, then they're at 7,000. Not that it affects the points, so it's really not worth it. I tried, uh, four but points I couldn't get in. <laughs> to what? To who? Uh, four points goes to Georgetown. Actually, a huge drop-off from here, only about 5,000 students at Georgetown. Butler, only three points, pretty weak. Two points uh, goes to Providence with 4,700 students. And Creighton comes in dead last place, earning just one point with a mere 4,500 students. So now to break down the most Eastern school. The most Eastern school is Providence. So they get 11 points. Slightly farther west than Dome is the University of Yukon. Ah. They get 10 points. St. John's, nine points. Not too far west from St. John's lies Seton Hall, home of John Fanta. They get eight points. Then we take a trip out west to Villanova, and they get seven points. Georgetown, just slightly farther west than Philly, six points. Then we have a huge gap and find ourselves in Norwood, where Xavier earns five points. So they're fives on both sides. Retire and five. Retire five, amen. <laughs> PS5, retire five, doesn't matter. Butler, up the street, they get four points. DePaul with three, two for Marquette, and then one for Creighton. Ooh. So now we'll combine the points, and we'll start from, from the bottom. So Creighton, of course, is – not the biggest, most eastest school. They're actually the smallest, most westest. least eastest, <laughs> least eastest school. So they they earn just two points. Very sad day for Creighton. So if one school needs to be removed from the conference immediately, it's Creighton. Right, uh, Butler, they have seven points coming in at number 10. So Butler and Creighton, if you want to take it down, remove two teams, those are the two teams that need to leave. I do agree. Um, one of them's roof is leaking. So um, then there is a three-way tie at number seven. Um, here in Cincinnati, we love three ways. So we're a part of that. So Xavier, Georgetown, and Marquette all tied with 10 points. Uh, Providence and DePaul. Providence being the most eastest school is definitely not the biggest. So they're actually tied with DePaul um, at 13 points. Good company. The Seton Hall and Villanova. 
two of the bigger programs in the conference, both tied for number three with 14 points. And then number one and number two, St. John's comes in at number two, 18 points, and the newcomer, the University of Yukon, wins the biggest, most Eastest oh. award with 21 points. Great. So I do think there was some research done to this, to whenever UConn left the American Athletic Conference, because they clearly are the biggest, most Eastest school, and the conference's name is the Big East. So I know some people were kind of salty, like, oh, they're bringing them back for what? Like, they're not going to compete in the conference. Well, it's in the they name. deserve to be in. It's in the yeah, name. They're, they're essentially the namesake of the conference. They are, in fact, the biggest, most used to school. Don't no, tell no, me. No, no, we really cannot let them figure that out. Yeah. No escalators uh, and hot balls could not find yeah. that out. How many, yeah. how many of your listeners are, are University of UConn fans? Decent amount, I feel like. Yeah. Okay, so the cat's out of the bag. You just let well, them. That's we're going to have to edit. We got some editing to do. No, but I applaud your research. And, like, when the time comes when you go pick up your Pulitzer, I'd like to be there. Um, I don't know yeah. how many guests you get to bring and things like that. But I know, Last like, time I got to bring two. Last – okay. Well, that might be – I might be hard to make the list then for me. But, I, you know, that was riveting from start to finish. I, I applaud that. I think if thank Bomb you, wears you. his uh, his dump truck wallpaper sweatshirt, I bet you you could probably get a plus two on that. Oh, oh also, this dump truck sweatshirt, you think Rick would also wear one, Rick Brewery? Oh, we could get him in one. I think, that's easy. Sure. I think we could get yeah. him, like, a tattoo sleeve, like one of those, like, fake little tattoo sleeves. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Now, phases. Adam, did you guys discuss the biggest, most easiest rankings on the Musketeer Report podcast? No, no, because, you know, like – I don't mean to knock Rick. Rick's my boy, but like that level of research, I don't think he has that in him. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's like some Indiana Jones type research shit right there. <laughs> like you got to pat yourself on the back. No. Big um, gay my ass, Rick bro. <laughs> that did not come up in our discussion. Shocked. Shocked to hear that. Musketeer Report would never. Uh, really fell off after Dan left, if being honest. Just kidding. <laughs> Just um okay so dude all right so we'll let you get out of here soon but like looking at this roster like the depth is freaking ridiculous like what the hell are they gonna how are they gonna do is it gonna be like kentucky you're gonna do platoon subs like the the depth is nuts like 10th man you gotta think is i mean you got guys at, at 11 deep that should be expecting minutes i know to me that's that's one of the most important questions this year is I, I think one of the things that really held Xavier back last year and, and really was a detriment to their season, and a lot of this had to do with COVID and Nate Johnson got hurt at the end of the year, but you never really saw them figure out their rotations. Yeah. And, and to me this year, it, it might even be more, <clears throat> excuse me, it might even be more challenging to figure them out. But the difference is this year, you're going to have time. You're going to have, you had a full summer together. You're going to have all this, all the, the non-conference sort of preseason time to figure that out. But that's one of those things where it's like you have all this depth, all this talent, all these guys who are fighting for minutes. You have to figure out who works well together, who's coming off the bench. Um, you know, that that's such an important part of being a successful basketball team that that's going to be the most like that's going to be kind of the thread of the season, in my opinion, is like, how quickly do you figure this out? Because 
the quicker that you figure all that stuff out, the more time you have to work it and develop it over the course of the season. So by the time, you know, the, that February and March roll around, you're running like a well-oiled machine instead of still trying to figure it out and looking like you don't know what to do in the Big East tournament. You know what I mean? So that, that you make a great point. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Xavier returns a lot. There's a lot of stability. I think there's a lot of things that we can expect, um, and we probably have a good feel on what's, what's going to look like this year, I think especially from, like, the guards and the wings. Um, I look at the 4-5. I'm really, really intrigued. Um, I think last year at times the, the huge weakness glaringly was interior defense. You add Jack Nungy, Deontay Miles is going to his third year in the program. Um, and I, I, you don't bring in a, a Big Ten transfer for nothing. I, I'm kind of interested to see what you might think or what feel you may have of what's going on at the four or five this year, maybe how those rotations might look. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that, that holds me back from knowing more about this is sort of the Jack Nungy piece here, yeah. because until we know that, that he's good to get out there and, and run up and down the court and, and, you know, play full contact physical basketball and feel fully comfortable on his knee. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Let's say, let's say that Jack doesn't get to, to do what I just said until midway through October. He doesn't get to, to really get his legs under him and start playing basketball again, you know, full go. When the season starts, I don't, I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he can play 25, 30 minutes a night. So early on, I think you're going to see Deontay Miles get a lot of run. I don't know that, I don't know to what degree, but I think he's going to be involved early on because he has looked good. And I think that they do trust him and he, he brings them something that they haven't had in a while, which is a, a real presence around the rim. So to me, those two guys are really interesting. You know what you got with Fremantle, but beyond that, what's going to happen with Ben Stanley and Jerome Hunter? Because I think that, that Jerome Hunter might, might fit, a little bit more into what Xavier wants to do and the way that they want to play, because he is a little bit bigger. He's a little bit more athletic. I just think that lends itself to the style that they want to play a little bit more, but at the same time, like the, the way that Ben Stanley has sort of uh, attacked his recovery and gotten himself back into a situation where it looks like he's going to be able to play this season and be a significant contributor. Um, we still never really got to see Ben Stanley last year. I think he played in four games before he went down. So there's a lot to dive into in those two spots on the floor. Um, and we didn't really even talk about Cesar Edwards either, because I think he could be a guy that we see a little bit of this year too. So there's, there's a bunch of guys down there in those two spots and we're going to find out who, who kind of earns it and takes it. But, I think the one yeah. thing is like you mentioned this earlier, they definitely have an upgrade over Jason Carter, whoever that may be. I think that they're going to find someone who fits the way that they want to play better and, and a little bit more efficient than one Jason did. And also I think maybe like having someone to take a little bit of the pressure off Fremantle around the basket, someone who can help him a little bit more down there. Yeah. I think that's going to be a positive for him in the long run because I think there were a lot of times last year where he found himself on just a big physical beast around the basket. And I don't know that he adapted well and handled that the best all the time. So I think there's a lot of positives in those two spots in particular. 
And that was actually my favorite part about bringing a guy like Dungy in there is you have a true center in there to play that interior defense. And especially like it was clear all year last year that Fremantle was afraid to foul down there. And now you don't have to put him on a guy like Nate Watson. who's just going to, um, who's going to be big and physical and, um, Fremantle can kind of stick to guarding the fours who are not going to, um, like punk him into fouls as yeah. often. So, and he'll be, he'll be able to like, he'll be able to, um, kind of fight back a little bit more because they're not going to be as big and strong and you don't, don't have to pay, play as scared to foul. Just can't wait to see practice unfold, man. See who the alphas are. See if Colby Jones is one of the guys who's, who steps up confidently. So I think it's going to be Paul and Nate's team. You know, can't you think about, you know, the dynamics of a team and think about the upperclassmen. Um, I feel like every year Xavier has a guy who's like, it's, it's these guys' team. So it's going to be fun to see how this shakes out and see who, who makes that next step. But we won't know until practice starts. But is there – one of my last questions, is there any vibe, you know, in the locker room, vibe of the coaching staff? You would think that this year would have a lot of sense of urgency – maybe like a theme going into the season, any of that kind of stuff from the coaching staff this year? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily know that that has presented itself to me yet. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but I'll tell you something really interesting um, from talking to Paul Scruggs recently for a story that I did. Um, Paul really loves the guys on this team. I think that that had a major um, was a major factor in why he wanted to come back this year. And I, I, you know, I know that that's kind of a, a storyline that gets beat, you know, to a pulp a lot of times is like, all these guys really like each other. They got great chemistry, but like Paul Scruggs could be collecting a check right now. You know, he could be getting paid to play basketball um, somewhere overseas or, or wherever it may be, but he elected sell to playstations. Come- or sell PlayStations. And you know what? He could do that technically with the, the new NIL initials. Stuff, so. And his initials, yeah. PS1. PS1. PS. Yeah, PS1. Well, yeah. There's a market. Sure. <laughs> there is. Uh, but the, like the fact that he wanted to come back and give it another go with these guys, I think that says a lot. And the way that he talks about them, and um, I, I just think that there there is a good vibe around this team going into the season. So I'm curious to see if they do have kind of a, a theme or, or a different way that they're approaching this season in years past to sort of try to get over that hump. But if that presents itself, I'll be right back on the roll blob pod to let you guys know what it is. <laughs> Can't wait. My, my very gonna... last question is, is has, have you sensed anything? Have they been able to bounce back from their loss to the inaugural zip up team? Or are they still, you know, kind of, uh, kind of walking in their boots a little bit, haven't found the confidence yet. I think they're still sour about that, Jason. Yeah. Um, and bottom line, like ultimately, I think taking that one, taking that one on the chin, maybe that's a good thing down the road. You know, maybe that, maybe that off-season loss is like a supreme motivator for this team. But no, that was actually one of the things I talked to Paul about too, and he, you know, big smile popped up on his face, talking about how cool it was to play against those guys and to get to experience that. Cause it's like, you know, you, you come to Xavier and that's not necessarily something that you expect to experience yeah. while you're here is like getting to play against a bunch of the best former players in recent memory. So I think that's cool how that worked out and came together. And I, I must say, I'm super jealous that you got to be there and I didn't. So <laughs> you can hang that over my head for a while. It doesn't hurt when you get to fly out of New Orleans Pelican to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 
doesn't hurt. Uh, but Bob, we appreciate having you as always. Fellas, any more questions for our, for our I'm friend a, over here? I'm actually gonna, I, I'm gonna use my inside sources. I know exactly what the team motto is this season. And they're gonna dedicate this entire season. They are motivated and they have their eye on one thing. And that is protecting Adam Bomb's mentions. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm I'm taking a, a new approach this year on Twitter. And and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to be kind. You know, you mentioned uh Coop mentioned Ted Lasso earlier, and one of the taglines for Ted Lasso that I really love is kindness makes a comeback. So if someone is mean to me on Twitter, I'm just gonna be nice and I will. <laughs> I will kill you with kindness. I will literally kill you with kindness. That's all I'm going to do. It's going to be the most annoying thing this year, but I'm going to commit to it. And if people get upset with me, I'm just going to be nice, man. And they're going to have to deal with that. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm here for it. I can't wait yeah. for that. I'm going to try that. Renaissance, man. No. Andy, love it. Go ahead. Andy, you should absolutely adopt this policy because – Every once in a while, I venture onto the message boards, and I see you. I see you just going at it with people, I, man. I, and I, I it's not healthy. It's no, not healthy. And honestly, your last, your last, um, like the your last interview on this podcast that I, what I was not able to be a part of, um, that actually spoke to me. I started yeah. meeting people, and yes. that's when I decided to like just, um. I'll ha I'll still have comments like comments on uh people's stuff and give my give my take, but I'm not gonna let it uh <clears throat> take hours of my day and I'm no longer gonna get angry. I'm you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cut it off to 50 replies, Andy. Yeah. No, can't go past 50. <laughs> That's gotta be your hard and fast rule. You can't go past yeah. 50. And now you just dimed him out. This is like when your teacher gets your kid in trouble. I didn't know Andy was back on the boards. We had him on a cleanse. And uh, now we have to have a conversation when this is over. I didn't know he's back on the boards. <laughs> I have not been arguing with people recently. No, I, I think I think what I'm referring to was a, a little bit of a while back. But okay, you know, okay. What I'm there, there was say, one day I had a complete meltdown, and I ended up like being wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one one in a while is good. I think we all appreciate a good yeah. Andy meltdown one in a while. I just don't want to see fifty. I don't want to have to scroll for like seven fucking scrolls worth to get through all the Andy pick tweets on my timeline. Yeah. Cause honestly the bottom line is like time spent arguing with strangers on the internet is time that you do not get back. My friend, that is, let me tell you, I did not get it back. And the moment that I, uh, like when you really spoke to me when I wasn't there, um, it was honestly life changing. Like I'm I feel glad. so much cleaner and like so much you more alive. Hard, didn't you listening to that? Like, oh my God. It's funny if you say this. I bet, like, on Andy's deathbed, he's like, man, if I could just argue with Mark Londo one more time. No, it'd be Kurt Schilling. It'd be Kurt Schilling. If I could get one last word in, but he blocked me. God, one more AAC tweet, and I'd be good to go. Oh, shit. Those are, we'll be saying those are the days, man. Oh, those are the days. Yep. Love to see mm. it. Adam, anything you want to plug before you get out of here for the two people who are still listening? Um. No, you know, I think most most people who listen to this, they know me by now. They know what I do and where my stuff is. So, I mean, anytime, you know, you can click on a story and read it or, or share it. It's like it you, you may not think so, but it's a big help. So I always appreciate it. Get the clicks. Adam, we appreciate you as always. Thank you for taking your time. Hopefully you had some some semblance of fun on here. And uh, we always, appreciate you. always you guys are my boys. I, I appreciate you having me on as always. 
Likewise, we'll see you uh, for the scoreboard uh, Super Smash Bros. tournament. I'll be there.